I'm Chara Santilli. I was born with ambition. My parents were entrepreneurs and I pushed myself to be high school valedictorian, class president, most artistic, and most likely to succeed. The summer I turned 19, we celebrated my dad's 50th birthday with a hot air balloon ride. A crash landing left him with a broken neck, me with a broken heart, and my mom coping through alcohol. My relentless ambition helped me become a successful entrepreneur, yet my own private paralysis and overachiever addiction ruled me. I finally ventured on a quest for my best life. I found the path of my inner peace, how to stay on it and how to show the way for others. Now it's your turn. Ready to take that load off your shoulders? Join me so you can cherish your life. Today, I have with me Sherry Lukey. She is an internationally accredited, certified advanced EFT tapping practitioner and a certified matrix re-imprinting practitioner for heart-centered high achievers. And EFT or tapping, as you may have heard about it, or it's very possible you may have never heard of this, so I'm excited to bring it into your awareness. stands for, I do know that EFT stands for emotional freedom technique, and the common word or description of it is referred to as tapping. I've gotten dabbled in it in this past, not even year, really maybe, well, maybe, maybe year-ish, a little bit um, here and there, and it's been coming up for me in different ways. And um, Sherry and I actually were in a program together online uh, with a common interest that we were pursuing at the time. And that's how we came to know each other. And I thought, what a fantastic opportunity to bring her into my podcast world here to educate you on EFT and tapping and how it can help you move forward in your life. So Sherry, welcome. And please let us know a little bit more about you. And I don't even know what the rate matrix re-imprinting is, you know, all these things. Maybe just give us a little background on kind of um, on what these things are and what tapping is, and then we can, we can start there. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Jaris. It's like, I am so excited to share this information. It's It was absolutely life-changing for me and it's been life-changing for so many people. And I just, every time I get the opportunity to share, so thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, and so um, emotional freedom technique, yeah, it's more commonly known as tapping. And the reason for that is, is because you literally stimu- you stimulate acupressure points, which are high concentrations of nerve endings on the upper body and hands. And we have these nerve endings, all these high concentrations all over our body but it's just inconvenient to you. So we just use the upper body and hands. And by stimulating them with tapping on them, it sends a soothing signal through the nervous system to the amygdala, which is the fight, flight, or freeze, the stress response deciding part of our brain. And it interrupts that. So that what happens is we go from being in a stress place. So if we're talking about a problem or thinking about a problem, it interrupts that stress response. And that's where the magic really comes is because now our subconscious doesn't have to go into that fight, flight, or freeze in order to keep us alive and breathing. It can now come on side to help us heal. And all of that information that is in, in that subconscious becomes available. And we can think differently. We can think creatively. Um, information becomes um, available from a long time ago that we might not have had awareness of. 
uh, we're able to see the difference between whether or not it's a fact or a belief. It's really so, um, it really, as far as I'm concerned, is miraculous. It's, it's a game changer. And so the tapping, when you're talking about these points in the body, let's, um, some people may be watching the video, some people not. So, um, I'll have a link to the video in the show notes in case you want to like, maybe you're listening now to just the audio version you want to go watch later because she's going to demonstrate for us later as well. But, um, but just talk through a little bit about what some of these points are so they have a sense of what you're even talking about if this is completely new. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's uh, 12 main kind of inner energy lines that go through the body. And these energy lines are actually referred to as Chinese meridian lines um, because EFT tapping has its roots in Chinese medicine. And so these acupressure points are directly related to those 12 lines, which really connect to the main organs in the body. So, but the place that we start is on the side of the hand. So if you were, you know, to do the old karate chop kind of thing, that's right on the side of the hand. And we do um, what's called a setup statement on that part of the hand. And a setup statement is basically where you say a neutralizing um, word or phrase, then you acknowledge the problem, and then you say another uh, neutralizing phrase. And we do that usually for th three times. And then we move to the top of the head. And so it's literally just the top of the crown of the head and you're tapping, not hammering. It's just a gentle tapping. Can just with your, your, with your fingerprint tips, right? Just yeah, kind of your fingertips. Finger yep. Yep. And then the next point is the eyebrow, which is right where the hair on the eyebrow starts, just above the nose. And usually you use just two fingers. And you can use either hand. You can just use one hand or the other. Um, I usually use both. And that's, that's the eyebrow point. Then you go to the side of the eye, which is basically on the other end of the eyebrow. And you're still on the eye socket. Then under the eye, still on the eye socket under the nose, between the nose and the lips. And then the chin is in the crease of the chin. Collarbone is if you uh, feel the two bony protrusions on the inside of your collarbone below, right below your chin, and you go down at an angle, um, about a half an inch or a couple centimeters, there's a little indent. It's usually, it's a little bit of a soft spot. Sometimes it can be kind of tender. That's collarbone. Under the arm is if you go directly down from the armpit, onto where would be the bra strap for women. This one, again, you can do with one arm. You can kind of give yourself a hug and use both hands, or you can go to the side and use more kind of like a monkey kind of look. And then um, there's a couple points that a lot of EFT practitioners um, don't use that I feel are very important, especially the next one that I'm going to show, because it's directly connected to the liver and liver processes stress. And so anyone that's feeling kind of stressed, it's a really important one to, to do. Now, because if you picture where your breast nipples are and you go down onto the last rib, that's what's rib point. And so um, very often um, people don't use it because for women, it can be a little um, uncomfortable to try to get under the girls. And I'm just like, well, just get over yourself and get in there because it, it's a, an important point. And then the last one is wrist together and it would be like a perfume rub. So in the inside where your okay. watch would be. That's the okay. Face, having them facing or um, that reminds me of Wonder Woman too, except yes, yeah, exactly. Facing in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so that's, that's all the, um, the main points. And you're, if people have, have done it before, they might have used some or all. Um, it's really tapping is very, very forgiving. You really just want to get on acupressure points, because as soon as you do that, you're starting to interrupt that stress response and soothe the nervous system. Okay. So that, and that's my understanding too, as I, as I said, I've, I've done a little bit of this and started looking into it a little bit more for myself. Um, 
as I've heard great things about it from some people and that I really respect. And I know that there really is a physiological, I mean, I've done acupuncture and had great results with that. And I know that there really are things about the points in the body. So, so that really helps us to understand the basics. So that's the EFT and tapping side. So what about what's matrix re-imprinting? What is that? Yeah. So that's an advanced form of EFT. And, okay. and it has its roots in uh, quantum physics. So it's, it's in the understanding that, well, it's a fact that everything is energy. And uh, what we're doing then is, is we use EFT, regular EFT, to bring the activation down to a, to a safe enough level. And then we use it to actually go back and uh, resource your younger self and get information. And it's really kind of, I kind of liken it to the one-two punch. The EFT is the first one, and matrix re-imprinting is the second one. So we'll have, you need a very specific memory with a very specific event. And, um, and it's a process that leads you through going back and using it to tap on your younger self, get, like I said, to get the information and really reprogramming those beliefs that got set up in that time. Um, because one of the things that's really a misunderstanding um, about trauma is, is that, of course, you know, war and, and rape and natural disasters, those are absolutely traumatic. But what people don't understand is, is that trauma really has three ingredients. It's a, it's a um, feeling of shock, feeling of powerlessness, and a feeling of isolation or being alone. And when you think about before the age of eight, that you really have those experiences very frequently. And it's a very it's very unique to you whether or not you feel something is um, you know a negative experience or traumatic, and if you have those three ingredients and the subconscious believes that there is a threat to you, what it does is it creates beliefs about yourself in the world in order to try to prevent that from happening again, and then we'll go through the rest of our life working off of those beliefs that are very often people don't have an awareness of. And so when um, I like to describe because we're on a podcast, but just behind me, I have this giant green exercise ball and a little tiny green marble. And what I love using those for is they're beautiful representation of the little tiny marble being your conscious mind and the giant green ball being your subconscious mind. And it is the subconscious mind is so much more powerful than your conscious mind. And almost everything that got downloaded into your subconscious happened before that age of eight. And that, um, that very much correlates to kind of weaves in with the things I've talked about before in my podcast and that I know from my training as a certified fearless living coach, um, very much about, uh, all of those things that happen to us that literally the moments of just being a crying baby. And the first time that the crying goes longer because mom had to go or dad had to go get the doorbell or tend to something that was an emergency instead of come tend to you immediately how you were used to maybe, you know, like these little micro moments that are the first that start imprinting, wait, someone didn't come, you know, that we don't, we don't have memory of most likely. We don't, we don't know how it affected us um, tangibly, but all of those little things add up. So even if someone doesn't, hasn't had a quote unquote, you know, official big, what people think of when they hear trauma, like you were talking about and like that they probably know about me, if they're listening, um, the, the trauma that I went through with our hot air balloon accident, but all of us have the 
regular traumas. Like it, I don't, it is not possible to be a human being without having traumas. And like you were saying, most of them are happening in those very young ages and, um, and really shaping our brain so that we are, uh, living our life in certain ways, even at that young age. And then it just continues to shape depending on what happens to us later. So then as things come about that may seem even bigger in our worlds, um, or things we remember just adds on, just adds on and builds that all up. That big green ball exactly uh, gives it more power, right? more, yeah. more proof, more evidence that it should be in, in charge. It tries. Yeah. And I, you know, and there's a couple of things that I really, especially because I know for both you and I were really highly sensitive, highly empathic people. And I think probably a lot of the people listening to this podcast are as well. And one of the things that I love to explain as well is that, um, I feel like, you know, some people come into the world with those old rabbit ear antennas, you know, where they're just the two going up into the, into the air kind of thing. And, and some of us come into the world as satellite dishes. And so that our experiences before the age of eight and even beyond that are very different. So for, for those of us that are the satellite dishes, Mm -hmm. life is really turned up and there's so much information coming at us that we really experience the world in a much higher intensity. And we're constantly told that it's like, oh, you know, get over it. It's not that big a deal. You know, I was just working with someone this morning that, you know, something had happened to her and she'd just been told over and over again that she was just, you know, being a scaredy cat, you know? And so then what happened is it set herself up for this lifetime of worrying, of not being able to trust. Mm -hmm. And, and so having so much compassion for yourself, especially if you fall, you feel like you fall into that category of being really highly sensitive is understanding that there probably is a fair bit that happened to you that you may be not aware of, that if you can start to access and, and start to bring healing to and start to understand the beliefs that got set up, it really can, it can feel so liberating. And, um, you know, and just explaining that with that matrix is that it's, it doesn't have to go just before the age of eight, it can go back to any, any event that had happened, and you're able to bring resources to that part of you that was unresourced at the time. And, it really has this collapsing um, effect, a ripple effect, because of how our brain works. The hippocampus is this memory reconsolidation part of our brain where it takes, you know, short-term memory, puts it into long-term memory, and it's an incredible pattern recognition, like crazy pattern recognition. And it works for us and against us. It'll work for us from the perspective that if, um, you know, something that is working for us, it'll continue to do that and vice versa. So if we, um, so for instance, if, uh, and it works illogically as well, which can be really, really confusing. Um, but, uh, and because one of the things people say to me, is like, well, how can I possibly go through all of those bad memories, you know, and, and deal with them all. And because of the hippocampus and its pattern recognition, we don't have to do that. Anything that's correlated will actually collapse. And so it's kind of a relief. Cause I know when I came to it, I was like, oh my gosh, there's not enough time on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that that's a really important point. I want to drive home here is that I really believe, and and I think you just said the same thing, that you do not have to go back and try to find everything that you need to repair or rediscover and, you know, quote unquote, fix about your past or yourself or your mind and the way it's working. Like, you go for whatever the low hanging fruit is or the, the thing that's just always in your face um, or on your mind um, spinning and go for that and 
and just see what can open up. You don't need to go find it all. A lot of it you may not even know, like we were talking about, if it's before the age of eight and all these little things, you won't even know. But this reminds me of when I did uh, a lot of things about this are seeming similar to me and how the, it's connected to the brain and some of the things you've said to EMDR therapy, which I did um, a handful of sessions with a couple of years ago. And I found that to be very powerful, very similar. And I can see I can see the similarities and I did the, I did a version where it's a buzzer in each hand that alternates left and right because um, there's different types. Uh, people may have heard of it before. There's a, a light version and it, it, where you track on that or fingers kind of back and forth. But the idea of left and right side of your body and ultimately tapping into the brain and tapping into the, like for me, it was something that got triggered that was a new sort of a a new connection to the accident that spurred up like like layers of an onion it's like oh there's another another layer here to peel back to address that has affected me in that recent year when i did it that really had a, a big effect on me and was worth looking into and that called my attention so i went and did that for couple months and it really did seem to help and we we went to the thing that was the thing at the time but it was fascinating to see how my mind bopped around because the way that goes you can kind of let it go it's similar to EFT what I know of it too you can kind of let you go where it takes you in a sense too you 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 can see you can let it be uncovered for you what your brain has connected the dots with. Because once you start tapping on one phrase, something else might pop up and, and we'll get into a sample so people know what the heck we're talking about in a little bit here. But um, have you heard of EMDR? Is there anything, does that yes. resonate? Yeah, okay. actually I've done it myself. So prior to discovering um, EFT tapping, which was you know about 10 years ago, um, I was in a really rough place myself and um, had tried a lot of different things. And what I found was um, EMDR, which is the eye movement um, desensitization reprogramming. And it really is your eyes basically track, you know, whether it's the buzzers, whether it's the light, um, they're going back and forth. And it really re um, uh, represents kind of like the REM when we're in REM sleep. So the brain mm -hmm. is actually healing kind of thing, but same kind of ideas that the stress response is off. Um, and yeah, and it was, it was effective. I think for me, that's kind of the three things that were somewhat effective for me were the EMDR and hypnotherapy. And then tapping, of course, was was really the bomb for me. And and I think the difference for me was is that, well, the first, the similarities is, is that it's all working in the subconscious mm -hmm. and you're hopefully getting the stress response in all, uh, in all of those. I think the thing that with tapping is and EMDR is it's certainly off. Hypnotherapy, it just it's very dependent on whether or not you're able to actually relax. Um, and get the stress response off yourself. And the cool part about tapping or what I feel like the difference with tapping is, is that because like what you're saying is, is that as soon as that stress response comes off, that information starts to become available and you start to see things in new ways um, and also get access to information you didn't have. And because you are, um, because you're in control of the session, so it's a call and response. So although I'm leading you through it, you are completely awake and completely in control. And so what it does is it gives the subconscious, I think, another layer of safety so mm -hmm. that it allows you to go even deeper to places that you might not have been able to before. Um, and then in addition to that, it's like you're able to um, 
it brings in the cognitive piece. My uh, one daughter is actually working on her master's in psychology and she calls tapping um, cognitive behavioral therapy on steroids. So it really oh. brings, it really brings in the somatic, which is the bo body part and soothing the body as well as the cognitive part. And so it's like this beautiful marriage. Why don't you tell us then how you got into it? You alluded to that a few times and, and then I've read a bit about your, your background and story that led you into this, but I, why don't you share with, with us what was your life like at the time and why did you seek it out? Because like so many of us who become coaches and trainers in all sorts of ways, typically, as is the case with both you and I, it's because we needed it ourselves. And then we go through it and find what works. And then we're like, oh my gosh, I got to help other people who were similar to me in these certain ways. And there we go. So please do share. Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So about 10 years ago, I um, was in a very rough spot health-wise. I was um, very sick. I was constantly getting viruses. Um, I put on a whole bunch of weight and I was just exhausted. Like walking, we had a dog at the time, walking him for more than 10 minutes and I'd have to sleep for two hours. I did, you know, I could barely work part-time and just could not figure out what was going wrong. And what I'd noticed is it is there was just, I tried so many different things and there was just, nobody could figure it out. And finally I got in to see a medical specialist. And after four months of tests, he said, well, you know, I'm really sorry. I don't know what's wrong with you. There's nothing more that can be done. And, um, you know, at the time I was 48 and I thought I had some good years left, which was like, and I didn't want to live like that. And so, um, I came home and was kind of a mess for a little while. And then I have a kind of a weird combination of a type and creative and my a type kicked in. And I'm not willing, I wasn't willing to accept that prognosis. And I decided to break my life into three areas, health, finance, and relationship. And I graphed it. <laughs> anyone that's not, <laughs> anyone that's not A-type goes, I don't, why would you do that? Right. But I was really on this mission to kind of go, if I can figure out when everything went wrong, maybe I can figure out what went wrong. And what I noticed on that graph was that there was, you know, kind of looked like a roller coaster. Uh, relationships were a little bit better than the other two. Um, but there was a really low spot on the graph. And what that was, was, um, I have adult twin, twin girls they are both perfectly fine. But when one was 15, she had a very serious horseback riding accident that I witnessed. She had a horse rear up on her and land on her. And at the time I actually thought she died. Um, she ended up with a ruptured bladder and had broken her pelvis on both sides in a wheelchair for two months and crutches for another month after that. And you know, um, anyone that cares for anyone that they really care about, you put your, you know, you just put all your needs aside, you know, and take care of that person. And, and that's what I did. And then once I thought she was okay, that's when my health really started to decline. And when I looked at that point on the graph, I was like, okay, well, how did I describe it? And it was like, well, it was really traumatic. So, you know, I type into good old Google and, um, post-traumatic stress came up, um, as, you know, what, what it was. And then I did a bunch of surveys. It was like, yeah, that's absolutely it. So then the next obvious question was, how do you cure it? And as I started to dig into it, because I didn't like the first options <laughs> that came up, um, EFT tapping came up as being exceptional with trauma. And so because I'd really spent um, 30 years trying to sort out my health and finances, those were two areas that were really, like I said, really the big roller coasters on the graph, um, tried everything under the sun to sort those out. And every time I'd be like, oh yeah, this is it. This is going to do it. And then as soon as my willpower ran out, which was anywhere from 10 days to a few weeks, I'd be right back to old patterns. And so it led me to start to believe that there was something innately wrong with me. Cause it was like, well, all these things are working for other people. What's wrong with me. 
And what I began to realize as I started tapping, well, first of all, I didn't tell anyone because of trying all those different things. So I didn't want to tell my family because I was certain it wasn't going to work because mm -hmm. it is a bit strange. And you really, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when people are doing it and people know, oh yeah, well, somebody's tapping versus looking at you kind of go, what is wrong with that person? <laughs> and, um, and so I was, I did it privately and, um, like I said, really didn't believe it was going to work. And within a month I started to actually get really quiet in my head and I didn't realize how busy it had been in there until it started to get quiet. And then after three months, I had actually, I started to feel energetic and hopeful. I lost all the weight and I was like, what is going on? Because again, my type was like, I'm not going to do anything else other than this tapping thing because I'm going to know whether or not it works. Um, and then at that point, it was like, yeah, no, I have to find out. I had to understand physiologically what was going on and why it was working. So I spent a couple months putting that together. And then I went and found certification and accreditation and advanced and then matrix. And, and, uh, and what I realized was a few things. One was is that I've actually really been coaching oh, my whole life. I, you know, my parents had a rough marriage and I started marriage counseling at 12 <laughs> and I've really, and I've always been that person that, you know, the go-to person, they're standing in the grocery lineup and people start telling, you know, saying, I've never told anyone this and you've never met them before. <laughs> right? And, um, so that was one thing. What I realized though, um, in what's important for people to understand about, um, post-traumatic stress is, is that it doesn't always happen like the symptoms of it don't always happen right away. It can be anywhere from two months to, you know, 20 years. And, um, and as I started to do the healing, I realized that I'd actually had multiple PTSD events, um, that were again, related to that satellite dish that I talked about. And, um, and it just, as I peeling off the layers that came off is, is it just felt like, it felt like liberation for me that it was like, I could finally breathe and um, be able to manage all the information that was coming at me. And um, yeah, and it was the rest was kind of history. After that, I was like, I have to help other people. And so now I've been doing it for 10 years. That's wonderful. Well, um, thank you so much for sharing that much of your story. And um, I, uh, I can see, I can see how you you got here. And I am I love that you were able to, or I, I guess I really resonate with, you know, going out and being determined that you were going to figure out how to fix this. Um, very similar to that uh, for me. Um, heck, as a kid, my favorite subjects were math and art, which seems, you know. Same. Exact right? same chairs. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, love, so I love math and I love art, same thing. And it was like, how do these two things go together? Yeah. Yeah. So when you said that, that's what I was like, oh, I totally can relate to this connection. Um, so, um, you know, I definitely want to walk through an example, but also can you tell us, that's an example of, of how it's worked and clearly it helped you. What about maybe sharing a, you know, a client example of, you know, a, a big win that you've had with a client or two, something you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. And and just before I do that, I just want people to know that one of the things to really realize it's that it's not their fault. It's just these limiting beliefs that get set up and our brains are neuroplastic. So they're totally change changeable. Um, and so when, when you, if there's parts of your life that aren't working, it's because there's just, there's this disconnect between what your wants are and what those subconscious beliefs are. And those just need to be changed and get aligned and, and then magic can happen. And um, yeah. And, and I've had some, like, 
texts and emails that make me cry that just like i'm sure just for you tara same thing that you're just like i can't believe i get to do this work it's just like mm -hmm. it just fills my heart to do right um i've had uh there's one one woman that i worked with years ago um that she had actually this was really it was a real quick trans trans turnaround she had actually come to me she was having troubles making rent all the like her relationships were great her health was great um finances were were struggling and um and she actually we worked through some really you know really difficult trauma as a child and um within i think it was about second the sixth session that she came she texted me and uh because she couldn't make rent and uh she got a thirty thousand dollar contract and uh, and then it was renewed a few months later um which you're just you just it just makes you giddy like you're just laughing right um i have another uh i have a lot of clients in the financial industry i think it's i think it's because of that math thing and also because i have a lot of experience in in the financial industry um and it's such a like money is so stressful right and especially when uh, when you're someone that's in charge of of a lot of people and you're heart-centered and that because that heart-centered is really where you care about people and um and being able to really step into your power so you know being a female in an industry that's predominantly male and being able to step up and you know being able to stand up and and um speak her truth and be able to ask for help um because the the inner voice was really telling her that it was like oh i'm just being a bitch you know and i'm you know i'm too greedy i'm too much all of those things um, to being able to move up and being one of the top in the industry. And, you know, and she's on her way now to, you know, the next, the next stage in her career is, is getting on stages, which is just, you know, and when I, I started with her when she just entered the, entered the industry. So it was like, it's so, so rewarding. I love that. And that is definitely something that I know many of my clients struggle with uh, empowering themselves, uh, speaking up asking for what they want, what they need, asking for help. Um, definitely, definitely things that we all have done and continue to do on some level, even those of us who are more aware of how to offset that, like you with the tapping or me with some other things that I have in my, had in my toolbox. But um, those are definitely big commonalities. And I love that you brought up a little bit ago about it's not your fault. I think that's a really important point. And also when you were talking about being a satellite dish and kind of picking up on all these things, which I completely relate to. Um, and for people who've watched my interviews with uh, Felicia Bender, um, numerology, she talks about my life path number and some things in my chart. I'm very much like satellite dish ideas, things, thoughts constantly, you know, and needing to flesh it out, get it out of my head, write it down or or just ignore it or whatever. But also I think that something that comes with that, that you touched on. And also if anybody does identify as empathic or highly sensitive um, is, and, and people may not even know those terms, but just in general, if you feel like you pick up on other people's stuff, meaning if you're around, everybody picks up because like you said, we're all energy, you know, you, you can walk into a room and have it feel a certain way, walk into another room, have it feel a certain way. And it literally is because there's a vibe based on who's in the room and how they're feeling in the moment. And um, so I think there's also stuff that we pick up that is not even ours. 
that we layer on. And I would imagine that that is also added into this of things to, that get released. Um, if you're around someone often who has a depression or an anxiety or something, and you notice you're a little lighter when you're not with them, but maybe life circumstance has you around them more frequently, you know, you can pick up some of that stuff and there's, this could be one other method I would imagine to clear some of that too. Would you, is that correct? Oh, no, hundred percent. Yeah, no, really well said, Sarah. It's like the, and I, and that's where I really feel like heart-centered people when I, when I talk about heart-centered people is, is that they're, they're, they're more of that high sensitivity type person where it's sort of like, they really, relationships are really important and, you know, wanting to go win-win and make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And it's also really complicated being that person because we are, um, because we're not taught boundaries. You know, our, most parents don't have, didn't have healthy boundaries. Their parents didn't have healthy boundaries. I know for myself, I didn't know a healthy boundary if it hit me in the face until I started doing this work and then had to teach myself all, all the things about them. And, and being, because understanding that it's like, if I constantly put my needs aside, there'll be nothing left. And that's pretty much what happened to me is that I just kept putting everything and everyone ahead of myself. And it took its toll on me, you know, physically and financially. And for, for heart centered people, it's really difficult to put yourself at, and, and take care of yourself and, and be able to kind of go and say no because you feel like, oh, I'm hurting someone or you just want to help and you know, you feels like you can help. And in one of the things I realized was that I, because I could take that on, you could almost sort of physically and literally almost take that energy, that bad energy or pain and say, oh, I'll take it and I'll carry it for you because I know how to handle it, um, is, is that it's a complete disservice to everyone else. So mm -hmm. it's because we feel others pain so deeply, we just want to stop that to just stop. And so we think if we would just take it on, it'll be better. Right. And it's, it's, I say to people, you want to see it as actually harming that it's like, if you're preventing someone else's breakdown, you're present preventing their breakthrough. And, mm -hmm. and as a, as a heart centered, highly sensitive, empathic person to allow someone like you, it's not like you don't care. You're very, you know, you understand and all those things, but to see them as whole capable and complete, that it really is their journey and not take that on and be able to make that separation and set that. We got to say that again. You got it. That was like a mic drop moment. Okay. If you're, I, I'm say that again about the breakdown and breakthrough. So if you, so as a heart centered person, we really want the pain to stop. We don't want people to be in pain or hurt. So we feel like if we take it on or we fix it for them, that it'll be better. But in fact, we're actually harming them because what we're doing is preventing their breakdown, which is then preventing their breakthrough. Because just as you said earlier for us, what was it for us that, that we got to where we are? Breakdown. Yeah. Then, then we break through. And for heart-centered, you know, or really caring, highly sensitive, however you want to say it, for people like us to, um, to not help feels like we're, we're doing a disservice. And what I really want people to understand is it's actually a disservice to run in and help and take yeah, away that opportunity for people. And so to see it as that you're actually hurting someone to do that is really helpful for people like ourselves. And I think for your listeners to go, oh, I'm not actually helping. I don't want to harm anyone. That's the last thing I want to do. And so to be able to set that boundary and go, no, they're, they're whole, capable and complete. And this might be painful and difficult. And I will support 
but I'm not taking it on. Oh, that's so good. I've never heard it phrased that way. And I, I just loved that, that phrasing around preventing the breakdown. You're actually preventing the breakthrough. That's really, really brilliant. I have many a year behind me of trying to save people around me, um, make things better, protect, you know, whether the thing is I've, I've, um, I've heard said many times by different people, the concept of you can't be poor enough to help the poor. You can't be sick enough to help the sick. Like you, you making yourself try to take something on or not let yourself achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. And I don't, I mean like achieve wealth, achieve good health, achieve happiness with your partner, whatever, whatever it is you like not like feeling guilty. Like that's a common one too, for this audience. Um, I know for many of my clients kind of taking on guilt when they want to, they don't let themselves fully be expressing themselves in their full uniqueness and power because they feel like, how dare I, because so-and-so that I know is struggling in that area. And so I need to kind of temper myself, keep myself small, or I can't quite totally go there. Or if I do, I'm going to feel guilty the whole time. Like we just need to continue to clean that up. And I include myself in this too, for sure. Um, because you just, you can do more when you are in your full power, when you are, when you are healthier, you can help more. When you are wealthier, you can help more. When you are happier and more at peace and more satisfied in your life, you have more energetic bandwidth uh, to help more. So I think that's oh yeah, no, well said, Terrace, and that's exactly the same. I use that same thing. And what I the other thing I love to say about guilt because. Um, and I think women, we, we tend to really have the, a little bit more of a, a commodity of <laughs> corner on that commodity. Not that women or men don't feel guilty. It's just the women tend to have a lot more tendency towards it. But what I love to say is, is that when you're feeling guilty is to ask yourself the question, what have I done wrong? Because the emotion of guilt, its purpose is for wrongdoing. And when you ask yourself that question, it really quickly puts into into um, perspective whether or not you've actually done something wrong. So you wanting to shine, what have you done wrong? Like that's there's nothing. You haven't done anything wrong by wanting to shine. And um, but what I feel like, and and I think this, you know, this will be a good place to start into the tapping okay. is to is to recognize that underneath that is is this. I feel like this pervasive belief that we are not worthy, that we're not deserving, that we're not enough. And so, um, as you mentioned before we got on the call, that it's like that this working hard business where it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, I just have to work so hard that really when you peel it back underneath, it becomes this, I'm not worthy and deserving. So if I work really hard, then I'll feel deserving. Uh, the problem is that it doesn't work. Same with, um, I don't have time for myself. Well, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't have time for pursuing that fun thing that I want to do, um, because of all these zillion reasons it, it's all in there. Yeah. Let's, let's do a, have you do a little demonstration here. 
Yeah. And so just for, you know, so for everyone, you know, is taking full responsibility for your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Um, we're just going to do a very short round. So this is going to be very topical and very general. And how tapping is the most effective is, is doing the deep dive. And that's, that's my jam. I love doing that. But no matter what, we're getting the stress response off and people can get a taste of it. So um, and so I also say that it's like, if I say anything that doesn't resonate, please feel free to just take it out or change, change it. Um, and like it said, it's a call and response. So I'll say it. And then Jaris, if you can be my echo and, and mm -hmm. repeat after, after me. And so we'll starting off with just taking a really nice deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And I'll get everybody just to close their eyes. If you're somewhere where you can, if you can't just pick a spot to kind of focus on. And just notice when I, when I say the, the, that I have to work hard. And when you feel that, oh, I have to work hard, where does that, where do you notice it in your body that that feels? Where does that I have to work hard live? And if you're not sure, just guess. It doesn't come up as strong as it used to for me, but it, it uh, just a faint or it used to in my throat and my chest. And I think I'm going to guess that's kind of common places for some people or maybe stomach, but yeah, yeah. let's go there. Yeah. And, and if that doesn't really tune it, doesn't really crank it up for you, then, then if you say I'm not worthy and deserving, and you say that in your head, I'm not worthy and deserving. And then in your head, I want you to say, I'm not worthy and deserving because, and if you're okay to feel like you share sharing, Cheris, that's fine if you don't, but um, just fill in that blank. I don't feel worthy and deserving because. And then noticing where that lives in your body and giving it that scale zero to 10. So zero, there's nothing there at all. And 10 is that it's like, oof, that's really hard to sit with. And for a lot of people, when I say that question, I'm not worthy and deserving, the answer is because I'm not enough. And then I follow that up with, okay, I'm not enough because. And then you fill in the blank with that. And that's what you can kind of bring into your own tapping as we tap together here. And so is there anything that came up for you there, Charis? Um, The phrase, uh, when you said the last one, I'm not worthy because uh, I'm not perfect. Mm. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you for sharing. Good. Yep. And then just... And, and by the way, just telling people, this doesn't have to be a thought that you're walking around and saying and thinking constantly. It might be. It might not be. Like, I'm not thinking that. I've done a lot of work around perfection and I've actually got a great mantra of good enough that I go with a lot of <laughs> things in my life, but it still is a thing for me. And the reason is too, if you can just get quiet, like she just had you do and just go with what, just trust the couple words that come up because it just shows there's maybe for like, there's at least a little residue <laughs> that could be looked at whether or not you think you've have that as a big issue or not at this point in your life. So I just want to point that out. Always go with, if you hear something, see something, a vision, a few words, just trust it and go with it. Even if you don't agree with it or think that it might be off, just go with it anyway. Yeah, no, that's perfect, Charis. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. And, and there is, yeah, there's, this is work in progress till we, till we crawl in the grave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, I have a feeling tough. it keeps going actually. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> 
All right, so let's go. Good okay. job. Nice deep breath again. And we're going to start on the side of the hand. Either hand works. And we'll start with this. Uh, even though part of me believes. Even though part of me believes. That I might not be enough. That I might not be enough. Another part of me. Another part of me. Wants to believe I am. Wants to believe I am. I want to accept all of me anyway. I want to accept all of me anyway. And we're just tapping, by the way, on the side of the hand. I don't remember if she said that or not. I'm going to say it again. Yeah, no, appreciate it because that's so important. Thank you. Um, even though. Even though. Uh, sometimes I don't feel worthy. Sometimes I don't feel worthy. I want to accept myself anyway. I want to accept myself anyway. Even though sometimes I don't feel like I'm enough. Even though sometimes I don't feel like I'm enough. Because I'm not perfect. Because I'm not perfect. I want to be curious about that. I want to be curious about that. Because I don't think that's serving me anymore. Because I don't think that's serving me anymore. And then we'll go to the top of the head and just using the, the fingertips again. Sometimes I don't feel worthy. Sometimes I don't feel worthy. Eyebrow. Because I don't feel like I'm enough. Because I don't feel like I'm enough. Side of the eye. And sometimes I try to work really hard. And sometimes I try to work really hard. Under the eye. To make up for that worthiness. To make up for that worthiness. Under the nose. To make up for not being enough. To make up for not being enough. Under the chin. To make up for not being perfect. To make up for not being perfect. Collarbone. And it's exhausting. And it's exhausting. Under the arm. To have to work so hard. To have to work so hard. Under the ribs. To have to work so hard. To have to work so hard. Under the wrist. It sucks the joy out of my life. It sucks the joy out of my life. And we'll just keep going and do one more round. Top of the head. And I think I'm done with this. And I think I'm done with this. Eyebrow. Because I want to feel peaceful and joyful. Because I want to feel peaceful and joyful. Side of the eye. So I want my higher, wiser self. So I want my higher, wiser self. Under the eye. That knows that I was born enough. That knows that I was born enough. Under the nose. That knows that I was worthy and that I was born worthy and deserving that knows that I was born worthy and deserving. On the chin, I want that part of me to grow stronger. I want that part of me to grow stronger. Collarbone, I want it to prevail. I want it to prevail. Under the arm, because I deserve joy. Because I deserve joy. Under the ribs, I deserve abundance. I deserve abundance. Under the wrist, I deserve ease. I deserve ease. And nice deep breath. And then I'll just get everyone just to tune in again, closing your eyes and just tuning into that part when I said, you know, I'm not worthy or I'm not enough. Just noticing where your body is, how you're doing. If that number changed at all and you really can't get tapping wrong. Sometimes the number goes up. It's something then that it's something that needs to be addressed more that you've been pushed down. If it stayed the same, we haven't got specific enough with it. And if it went down, we're celebrating.
That's a really good point. Um, don't dismiss it if it goes up. As with any personal development work, the, it often gets a little bit messier before it gets cleaner. But the messier is worth it because otherwise you're just in constant underlying subconscious mess that is ruling your life versus just dig in a little bit like you're gardening and pulling the weeds and get your hands dirty just a little bit, make it a little bit messier, and then it'll be able to be tidier and and smoother underneath the surface and that it feels so much better. It just does. I know you and I have both done a lot of work and can vouch for that. So please don't be afraid of, of trying any of these things. Um, if they yeah, I kind of, yeah, I kind of liken the, when we've held something down, it's kind of like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of energy and focus to keep it on, under the water. And initially when you first release it, it kind of feels like it kind of explodes a bit, but then there's just this massive relief. And, and that's what I, and there's so much energy and so much focus that becomes available when you're not trying to hold that down in, in under the water anymore. Yeah, it is. It is worth it. It really is. Um, so wonderful. Well, I, I hope, I, I hope everyone loves that. I mean, for me, even at the end saying, so I, different people do this in different ways. And I love Sherry's approach where she pulls in a lot of the I've done it before where it's all the negative thoughts you're thinking and there's a, a line in there of around loving yourself in a, in a, there's different ways to say that, which felt good. But I like that Sherry, from what I experienced just now, plus what I'd watched before in prepping for this, incorporates more of that flip, but in such a way that you can kind of trick your subconscious to believing it. And I also want to point out too, when I was doing the EMDR, I remember that she brought up a phrase um, one day around, uh, well, she did a little bit of havening too, which was, um, we, I was doing a, like rubbing my hands like this. It was a certain, and there was a phrase around, I deserve to be relaxed as I run my business. And I had the a visceral reaction to that concept. And so the word deserve, I know we, that you used it there. And, and so I just wanted to point out too, that I, what I know about this and what I know about Sherry is that it can, all of this stuff can be modified to fit you so that if you're having a reaction to something so that first of all, it gives you information so you can dig into that. Well, like, okay, well, even the, you can go back to tapping, even though I don't <laughs> feel I deserve ease in my life. You know, if it, if you noticed it flared you up, because that word flared me up. I was like, I don't deserve to be relaxed as I have a business. <laughs> this was a few years ago. Um, but uh, but just now when you said the word deserve, I've done a lot of work around the word and being relaxed and having ease, all of this. So when you said it, I even lowered my shoulders a little bit more and was like, mm, yummy, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, well, I and, do deserve and, ease. Thank you very much. But um, <laughs> I don't always operate that way or feel that way because the subconscious stuff is still there. There's still residue. There's still, still some stuff, but it felt yummy. So I just wanted to bring that up because... Um, if you've not ever done any kind of the work like this and you have an issue with certain words, they could be even triggering, but boy, you could just dive right in and keep back, keep going through. Yeah. And thank you. That's so serendipitous, Charis. Well, all the things you're saying, it's just, it's such a perfect fit with, with like our work is just so, so parallel and so many people exactly have that problem with deserve. And so one of the things that I try to help is saying that I was born that way. 
is 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 trying to reframe that deserving from that it's like versus entitlement and it's like because when you see it from a little baby and that perspective it's like well of course they're worthy and deserving and it helps kind of soften it because you're exactly right to say that without that preface and sometimes even with the preface it's still kind of like oh that doesn't feel good (laughs) but yeah you're right it's perfect fodder for more work yeah which is so great and i love that you too um you know literally customize this for people. So, so tell us a little bit about how people can work with you. How do you work with people? Um, where can they find you if they want to find out more? Where can they explore EFT if they want to try it out? So let us know. Yeah, for sure. So I um, predominantly work one-to-one with people, but that said, I also have a self-study course and I have a free YouTube channel. So there's lots of resources for people. And where you find me is at my website, which is sherrylukey.com, which is S-H-E-R-R-Y-L-U-K-E-Y.com. And I actually have um, a free resource there so that, um, you know, when you're mentioning about where the tapping points on, there's actually in that resource, there's actually a tapping diagram there's a tapping audio specific to stress and anxiety, which I think everyone can use. Um, and there's also a little audio about um, a little bit more detail about how I came to tapping. And that's a, it's called a starter package. And so people can sign up for that if, if, um, if they like. It's like you, you, you subscribe to, the new, to my newsletter, which I, you know, I'm usually about once a month. But, you know, you can always unsubscribe and take the freebie and go. I'm happy with that, too. <laughs> and that's just go to your website or do you have a specific yeah. address for that? Yeah, it's a, it's on my website. It's it's a pop up as soon as you come up, and okay. I think you're going to have it in the show notes as well if they just want to yep. go directly to that to Will that do. gift. Yeah, yeah. Okay, super. Well, I um I love that I'm bringing this to the audience. Um, I I like I said, it's something that I've just started dabbling in myself, and um, interesting timing. Literally this last week or so, it's come up again. That's something that I want to explore more. Uh, it's coming on my radar a little bit more. And so I'm, I'm so happy for not only giving me a gateway and the possibility of working with you, but also to have my audience know about this if, in case they didn't, because I don't think it's widely known. Um, at least it's not something I knew about until just a year ago. So Go explore this a bit. Check out Sherry's website and her YouTube channel and give it a try. Um, Really give it a try. I've heard amazing things. And like I said, this is something that I'm going to be incorporating myself. So thank you very much, Sherry. Really, I'm so happy to have you on. And I know, I have no doubt we're helping people today. Um, Oh, closing quote. What do you have a favorite quote to share? I do. It's actually, it's by Lisa Borders. And the quote is, the way to overcome people's biases is typically by delivering results. No one can refute the results you deliver. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying my Cherish Your Life podcast. If this is supporting you in any way, please review, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. You can follow me on social media at Cherish Your Life. And my website is cherishyourlife.com. Yep, my name's unique. Here's an easy tip for you to pronounce and spell it. It's like the city, Paris, but with a CH. Special thanks to my dear friend, Paul Suyeljis, who enhanced and mixed the musical track. Little did we know back in college in the 90s, while my then boyfriend, now husband, and I listened to Paul riff on his guitar, that he'd be helping me decades later give a creative touch to something called a podcast. <laughs>